0: All right, all right, ladies and playboys, welcome back to Drop Pass Podcast, and it is finally time to talk about one of the most memorable transfer windows ever in the European football scene. We saw star players changing zip codes, as we already anticipated earlier this summer. But boy, oh boy, we saw more moves than we ever expected. We will go through each top five league and discuss the major moves that were made. And I will dive more in depth with the potential top clubs of each individual league. And if you're not familiar with the top five, they are English Premier League, French Ligue 1, German Bundesliga, Italian Serie A and Spanish La Liga. I won't go through each team individually because that would become a complete series so instead I'll just check upon the most impactful deals from the past few months I will leave timestamps in the description so that you can skip through the leagues very easily if you want to next week I will address the NHL contract situation since we've seen hefty contract extensions in the past few weeks And I haven't updated you on that front yet. But there's the run through for this particular episode. And it is that time of the episode. So without further ado, let's get going. And here we go at last. First up is the Premier League since I guess we will take the most time going through this league and most of the big transfer fees in particular came from England. I think we will start this with last year's champion Manchester City, since at the end of the day they paid the biggest transfer fee of this summer, 117.5 million for Jack Grealish. He arrived from Aston Villa, and has already recorded one goal and added one assist in three appearances for the Sky Blues. City didn't pay for nothing since he has been Villa's best player for years now and was electric for England in the European Champs as well. The transfer was long time coming and now he gets the chance to show why he's considered one of the best English footballers on the globe. City also signed promising Brazilian winger Kaiku from Fluminense for 10 million euros, but he will stay in Brazil until the winter transfer window opens. The biggest concern for City is their striker position since their record goalscorer Sergio Aguero walked for free and joined the ranks of Barcelona alongside another former Barca prospect Eric Garcia earlier this summer. They were trying to reel in Hurricane from Spurs, but they got blue-balled hard by the North London side this time around. Ferran Torres has been their striker in first three games, and they have Gabriel Jesus on their bench, but those guys are nowhere near Agüero's level, to be completely honest. When it comes to their departures, the only two notable ones besides Garcia and Agüero were Angelinho and Jack Harrison. Both players were on loan last season, and their respective clubs decided to substantiate those loans. And so Leipzig paid 18 million for Angelino, and Leeds 12.8 million for left winger Harrison. They are a championship-caliber team once again, without a doubt, and I would expect that even if they couldn't find enough production from their strikers, their wingers and midfielders should provide enough offense to fight for the title in both Prem. And Champions League. Then we will swiftly move on to their rivals, the Red Devils, who spent 140 million on three players this transfer window. First came the signing of Jadon Sancho for 85 million euros. Then about a month later, Rafael Varan was bought from Real Madrid for 40 million euros. And finally, on the penultimate day of the transfer window. Mr. Manchester himself, Cristiano Ronaldo, made his comeback to Old Trafford for 15 million euros. They strengthened their weaknesses this summer by those first two additions, but Ronaldo was just an add-on and a big FU to City at the deadline. The only concern still is their midfield, since they are still missing that box-to-box type of defensive midfielder who could play alongside Paul Bogba since to me he hasn't been utilized as effectively he could be and for example his appearances have been on another level on the French national team. I just don't see McTominay, Fred or Van de Beek as the best options but we'll see how they are able to fix that problem. Only big departure for them was Dan James who left for Leeds at the deadline after Ronaldo deal was finalized. But I would say that they won't miss him too much, since they have plenty of depth on their wings. Varane will be one of the best centre-backs in the league without a doubt, and will create a strong partnership with English colleague Harry Maguire. Sancho will be one of the best players in the Prem in few seasons, and this year he has to fight for a spot with other United wingers, Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, young Mason Greenwood, and possibly even Jesse Lingard. Ronaldo, on the other hand, is an interesting piece to look at this season since he is aging, but as we could see in the European Championships once again, he is still in top form and will produce for the Red Devils. How many games he plays is still a question for sure, but all in all, very successful window for United, and definitely they will compete for the crown. Then we move to Liverpool, who had fairly slow transfer window this year. Their only acquisition was Ibrahima Konate from Leipzig for 40 million euros, and their only notable departures were Harry Wilson, Sheridan Shakiri and Jorginho Wijnaldum. When you consider the fact that their biggest problem last season was the lack of backup centre-backs, and now they've addressed it with the addition of Konate, they should be dangerous once again this year. Van Dijk is fully healed from his injury, which will be a huge boost for the team. And overall, they have a championship caliber team. You probably couldn't expect that one. They have depth in all positions and even English youngster Curtis Jones is close to breaking into their lineup. So the departure of Weinaldem won't probably hurt them too much in the long run. The future looks really bright for Poole as well. And next up we have last year's Champions League winner Chelsea. Whose big acquisition this summer was the Belgian striker Romelu Lukaku, who was bought from Inter Milan for 150 million euros. He has already won goal in their first three games and will have plenty more once the season starts rolling. They also acquired Spanish midfielder Saul from Atletico on the deadline day, but unlike Lukaku, he will return to Spain after his loan stint. When it comes to their departures, they had positive window financially. Tammy Abraham was sold to AS Roma for 40 million euros. Girtzuma left to West Ham with a price tag of 35 million. Fikayo Tomori remained in Milan with 29.9 million transfer fee. And Oliver Giroud also joined him in Milan for a huge 1 million fee. Right back Davide left to Atlanta for 9 million euros. Victor Moses became property of Spartak Moscow. And finally Demo Bakayoko was also acquired by Milan for the next season on loan. There were other loan moves as well such as Emerson to Lyon and Michi to Besites, but I decided to pay more attention to deals, which weren't loans except for Pakayoko, because there was a 2 million fee attached to the deal as well. They addressed their biggest weakness, striker position this summer, and there were not many better options than bringing back their former striker, who has been world class in the past few years. It would be really weird if they wouldn't fight for a championship this year, Not to mention repeating Champions League win as well, but that's another question for later. Last year's number five spot belonged to Leicester, and this summer they put their Euros in use. They added good young pieces to their squad alongside seasoned veterans. Striker Patson Daka was acquired from Salzburg for 30 million euros. Pupakari Sumare arrived from Lille with 20 million price tag. Yannick Westergård's transfer from Southampton was necessary after Wesley Fofana got injured, Ryan Bertrand arrived as a free agent, and finally Ademola Lookman was loaned from Leipzig for the next season. These pieces bring depth to their squad, but even with the addition of Vestergaard, their defense still looks a bit shaky, and their second game against West Ham was already proof of that. They will certainly fight for a spot in the top six, but Champions League spot could be a reach when you look at the other squads that are fighting for it as well. But you never know with these guys. Remember 2016? Yeah, I thought so. Speaking of which, West Ham used the shot clock and made last minute moves to add few good pieces to their midfield. First though, they added Alfonso Areola to their net with one year loan from PSG. Then they solidified the acquisition of Kurzuma from Chelsea for €35 million, Euros, and on the deadline day, they added Nikola Vlasic and Alex Kral to their midfield. Vlasic arrived from CSKA Moscow with 30 million price tag, and Kral was added to their squad from their rivals Spartak Moscow with 5.2 million loan fee. Their only departures were Felipe Andersson who left to Lazio. And Fabian Balwoena, who joined another Moscow team this time Dynamo as a free agent, with the addition of Lasich, they probably won't miss Jessellingard's presence too much since Vlasich has been solid for the Croatian national team and was one of the most sought-after Russian league players before this move was done. He will be an excellent addition to their already strong midfield alongside Thomas Socek and Declan Rice. And when you add to that the fact that their forward core has been in form in their first three matches, you could look at one of the surprise candidates of this Premier League season. Mikhail Antonio has already four goals and three assists in their first three games, and his wing partner, Said Ben Rama, has added another two goals and two assists to go along. We'll see how long their round continues. Spurs had only one goal for this window. And it was to keep Harry Kane with any cost, and they were successful at that. But they didn't just lay on their laurels, but also made some moves as well. Emerson Royal joined from Barcelona for 25 million on the deadline day. Brian Gill was acquired from Sevilla for 25 million, plus Eric Lamela. Promising Senegalese midfielder Pape Sarr was bought from Mets and two Atlanta players arrived in North London with one-year loan moves. Those players were goalkeeper Pierluigi Gollini and young centre-back Christian Romero. Romero was acquired to replace Toby Alderweireld on their back end and overall to bring depth to their centre-back spot, while Spurs terminated Serge Aurier's contract and Emerson will likely take his spot on their lineup. Alongside Aurier and Alderweireld, there were many others who found new homes outside of London. Juan Foyt remained in Villarreal for 50 million euros. Moses Isoko was acquired by Watford for 30 million. Alongside him, Danny Rose joined the promoted side. And lastly, former English national team keeper Joe Hart left to Celtic for 1.2 million compensation. So, overall, pretty active window for Spurs. They are currently at the top of the table after three games, and their success very much depends on their top dogs, Huming Song and Harry Kane, as you would expect. They didn't add any major pieces to their starting 11 this summer, so the question still remains are they strong enough to challenge the powerhouses this year? After such an eventful transfer window, it remains to be seen. Oh, Arsenal, you can't catch any breaks, can ya? When does the suffering end for you guys? First, 2-0 loss to Brentford. Then, 0-0 loss to Chelsea. And last weekend, you got your asses handed to you by City with 5-0 beating. Yes, you are missing some key players on your squad, but... The bottom of the table is in a place to be. To remind you, at the end of the transfer window, your balance sheet is also 135 million on the negative side. So, not good on that front either. The bright side here is that you have pretty young core and the best years should be ahead of you. But, this was also Arsene Wenger's style as well. And it didn't pay off too good if I remember correctly. You were always a few steps behind the top dogs and you can only hope that these youngsters remain at the club. Or otherwise the rat race just won't stop. Ben White was added to your back end and it didn't come cheap. 58.5 million for center back. Martin Odegaard was also acquired for 35 million after his loan spell at the club. Aaron Ramsdale arrived from Sheffield for €28 million. Takehiro Tomyasu was acquired from Bologna with 18.6 million price tag. Albert Sambi Lokonga was moved from Anderlecht for 17.5 million. And finally Nuno Tavares arrived from Benfica for 8 million euros, which was a huge bargain to me. As you can see, most of these target their future, but for now they don't have that much value when it comes to competing for a championship, except for Ben White. Some of their prospects even went out loan this summer, but boy, you are in a weird spot. This reminds me of some Gunners fans' FIFA career mode save, where you build from youth, and to me, it seems as they are not really even trying to compete this year. Joe Willock left to Newcastle with 29.4 million transfer fee, William joined Corinthians as a free agent, Lucas Torreira, Hector Bellerin, Race Nelson, William Saliba and Matteo Guendouzi went out on loan to other European top leagues. And before I forget, team legend David Luiz was left unsigned, but that's about it for their transfers. Don't get me wrong, I like how they've assembled the team and their overall youth movement, but... It just doesn't seem to reflect in the standings at this point. Hopefully they can be somewhat competitive this year, because otherwise it could be a painful season once again for Gunners fans. Leeds made a few acquisitions this summer. Daniel James arrived from Manchester, as previously mentioned, for 29.1 million euros. Jack Harrison was bought for 12.8 million and left wing back Junior Firpo. Arrive from Barcelona for fifteen million transfer fee, they didn't have any major departures and should fight for a top ten spot this coming season, but so far it hasn't looked extremely bright for them, unfortunately. Was last season just a coincidence, or are they competitive again this year? We'll see how it goes, similar to Leeds, Everton was extremely quiet this summer. And only acquisitions for them were Demarai Gray, Bargain, Andres Townsend, Salomon Rondon, and Osmir Begovic. All but Gray were free agent acquisitions, but is there enough to challenge for a top 8 spot? It isn't certain, but if their strike force catches fire and Jordan Pickford stands on his head, it should happen easily. When it comes to their departures, Mois Keane left to Juventus on loan, Bernard was headed to United Arab Emirates, Joshua King left to Watford, Yannick Bolasie left to Turkey as a free agent, and Theo Walcott went to Southampton, but overall not many notable departures on their part. Aston Villa on the other hand was busy this summer, and the deal for Jack Grealis pretty much enabled that to happen. They acquired Emiliano Buendia from Norwich for 38.4 million, Leon Bailey from Leverkusen for 32 million, Danny Inks from Southampton for 29.4 million and Ashley Young from Inter as a free agent. Also Axel Zebe arrived from Man U for this season on loan to strengthen their back end. So overall pretty good additions and they should be competitive this year even without Grealish. Especially I have big expectations for Buendia who shined in Norwich and was one of the major pieces on their journey to promotion. Leon Bailey is also an interesting one since at times he was left in the shadow of Moussa Diaby in Leverkusen but now he has all the tools to make an impact in the Premier League. Their only notable departures were Ali Samata and Björn Engels alongside Grealish, but other than that, they seem to be going in the right direction and could fight for a top 10 spot if all goes well. But at this point, I will start to pick up the pace since rest of the teams didn't have as eventful windows as the previous ones. First, Brentford, key signings, Christopher Aher from Celtic, 15.7 million. Joane Wissa from Lorient, 10 million. Frank Onyeka from Midtjylland, 10 million. No significant departures, so on to the next one. Brighton. Okay, now I have to stop for a moment since they made some good signings and I have to credit them. Plus, they didn't lose Yves Bizuma, which was a win on its own. First arrived Enoch Mueppu from RB Salzburg for 23 million. Then young goaltender Shell Sherpen from Ajax for 5 million. Right after Abdallah Sima from Slavia Prague for 8 million. And finally, to me their best signing without a doubt, Mark Cucurella from Getafe for 18 million. Mwepu and Kukurella to me were the key signings and the only big loss was Ben White this summer. But that move was inevitable so I won't put too much weight on it even though it was a big loss for them, no question. But then we continue, and next up is Burnley, who made a few good additions as well to their lineup. First, young centre-back Nathan Collins arrived from Stoke for 14 million, and close to deadline they acquired Ivorian Maxwell Cornett from Lyon for 15 million. They've been eyeing Cornet for some time now, so it wasn't a huge surprise to see him getting snatched by the organization. Their biggest loss was Ben Gibson, who joined Norwich with 9.3 million fee, but other than that, their core remained pretty much intact. Crystal Palace, on the other hand, was relatively active this summer, and they spent a total of 73 million on their new signings. Promising Mark Gwehi was acquired from Chelsea with 23.3 million price tag. Joachim Andersen was added to bolster their defense from Lyon for 17.5 million euros. Youngster Michael Olizi was acquired from Reading for 9.3 million. And finally, on the deadline day, they added Will Hughes from Watford for 7.0 and Odzon Eduard from Celtic for 16.3 million euros. But these additions didn't come up by themselves since they had many players that left the club this summer as well. Kerry Cahill to Bournemouth, Andrews Townsend to Everton, Patrick Van Aanhol to Galatasaray, Mamadou Sako to Montpellier, and finally James McCarthy to Celtic. And mind you, all for free. So overall pretty all-over-the-place summer for the Eagles, and certainly tough for their wallet Newcastle's only addition was Joe Willock from Arsenal for 29.4 million and only notable players that left the club were Christian Atsu, Yoshinori Muto and Floridan Lejeune. so I guess we won't ramble too much about this team on to the next one Norwich They were active on both sides of the coin, that's for sure but to rack up their acquisitions, Christos Cholis and Dimitrios Gianolis from Pauk eleven and seven point five million, Milotrashika and Josh Sargent from Bremen eleven and nine point five million, Ben Gibson from Burnley nine point three mil, Pierre Les Melou from Nice six million, Angus Gunn from Southampton five point eight five million and finally the Low Nice Kabak from Schalke. Brando Williams from United, and finally Billy Gilmore from Chelsea. 66.15 million spent this summer, and the only notable departure was Emiliano Buendia. There's a hefty list of players that left the club as well, but I'm not trying to drive you crazy, so I won't start to name these players. Check transfermarket.com for all the details, and once again, not sponsored. It seems as they don't want to repeat the events of their previous promotion, and their goal clearly is to remain in the Premier League. Will it happen? That's uncertain, but they've certainly made moves to make it happen. Let the bookie party continue. Southampton was active as well this summer, and their main acquisitions were Adam Armstrong from Blackburn for 17.7 million to replace Danny up. Romain Perrault from Brest for 12 million to replace Ryan Bertrand as a left back Brazilian centre-back Lianko arrived from Roma for 7.5 million and finally the legend himself Theo Walcott joined the Saints as a free agent Departures from the club that I haven't already mentioned include Wesley Hoet, Michael Obafemi and Mario Lemina Lemina joined Nice with 5.5 million price tag, while Hoed moved to Anderlecht and Obafemi to Swansea with undisclosed fees. Ings, Westergaard, Bertrand and Gunn were the other main departures, but I've already talked about them, so there's no need to ramble about them anymore. Promoted Watford didn't have a big transfer budget coming into this season, but they used free agents to their advantage effectively when building their current roster when it comes to their additions Imran Loza joined from Nantes for 10 million euros Emmanuel Denis arrived from Club Bruges for 4 million euros Sissoko from Spurs 3.5 million while Josh King Ashley Fletcher and Danny Rose were free agent acquisitions in addition Esan Tufan Peter Tebo and Yura Kukka joined the Hornets on loan for this season their biggest loss undoubtedly was Will Hughes but two center backs Craig Dawson and Ben Wilmot who left the club this summer certainly affect their depth as well no doubt so it could be a battle for survival in the English top flight but then we move to the last team of the Premier League and I don't mean standings wise but the alphabetical order next up Wolverhampton Wanderers Pretty uneventful summer for them when it comes to big acquisitions and only one Portuguese player was added to their roster which was a disappointment. Only notable transfers were the departures of Rui Patricio and Rafamir as well as acquisitions of Ryan Ait Nuri and Jose Sa alongside prospects Yerson Mosquera and Bendegus Bolla they also got Francisco Trincao for this season from Barcelona and another loan acquisition was Huang Hee chan from Leipzig, who will slot right behind Raul Jimenez as their second team striker. Hard to say where they will end up since their start certainly hasn't been too flattering and overall the fight for spots 1-6 and 15-20 should be an intense one this year. Many clubs strengthened themselves this transfer window and we should see a very competitive season in the Prem this year. If I missed any big moves from the Prem, hit me up because there were lots of movement and I wouldn't be surprised if one or two slip between my fingers this time around. I would say we can pretty much see the top 10 at this point already. By the way, teams have dealt this summer, but we'll see who makes the unexpected run for the ship. City. Chelsea, United, top three at the end of the season, in that specific order. Salah will win the golden boot, so let's move on to the Farmers League, a.k.a. the League. Mm. Well, if you haven't noticed what's been happening in France, I don't know what else to tell you than there's only one team in this league this season. For me, it's a good thing, because this won't probably take too long. So it probably is a good thing for you as well, because who even watches this league? Seriously. Nevertheless, let's continue this quick run-through style, because even I don't know half of the guys that were dealt this summer. We'll start it off with last year's champion, believe it or not, Lil. Their main additions were 19 year old Amandu Onana from Hamburg and Swedish left back Gabriel Gudmundsson from Groningen. Yep. Bit of a drop off from the prem. But when it comes to their departures, those were more noticeable. Bubacare Somare to Leicester, as I mentioned previously. Luis Araujo to Atlanta for 10.9 million. And their number one goalkeeper, Mike Mainan, joined AC Milan with 13 million price tag. Pretty tough loss for the French side, so I can't believe that they come even close to winning the title this season. And guess who is going to take the league and probably not going to lose any games the whole year, even with their third squad, PSG. Additions. Ashraf Hakimi from Inter for 60 million Danilo Pereira from Porto, after long spell for 60 million Nuno Mendes on loan with the option to buy from Sporting Lisbon and then the major jokes Gianluigi Donnarumma Jorginho Wijnaldum Sergio Ramos and last but not least Lionel Messi For Free And what did they lose for these players? Michel Bakker and Kais Ruizatil Heard of them? Me neither So I guess you could say that they lost almost the same amount as they got back this summer And okay, I've heard of them Pretty promising young players But go check out the episode number 13 if you want even more in-depth analysis on this situation nothing else matters than the Champions League success I guess that's all I have to say about them for now so on to the next one Monaco made only few additions this summer while the movement out of the club was way bigger they acquired Myron Boadu from Alkmaar for 17 million euros, Jean Lucas from Lyon for 11 million Ismail Jacobs from Cologne for 6.5 mil. And finally goalkeeper Alexander Nubel from Bayern on loan for this season to replace Mainan in their net. But when it comes to departures, there were plenty, like I said, so I will just quickly go through the most notable ones. Benjamin Hendricks to Leipzig 15 million. Fode Baloture to Milan 5 million. Henry Onyekuru to Olympiakos. 4.5 million, promising Enzo Milo to Stuttgart 1.75 mil, and finally Keita Balde to Cagliari, and Stevan Jovetic to Hertha Berlin for free. Not to mention Yusef Aitbenasser and Loik Badiaschile were left unsigned. A total of plus 31 million of income this year. But I would guess that it shows this season on their performance. I mean, most of the teams probably thought, like, what's even the point to compete this year when one of the teams gets world-class players for free? And we have to pay millions for some local plumbers to suit up and sit on the bench. At least I would have thought like that. But enough rambling, let's continue. And since the trend this summer in France has been sell, 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 so why fix it if ain't broken? Next seller, Olympique Lyon. Acquisitions, Gerdan Sakiri from Poole. 6 million. Emerson on loan from Chelsea. And Damien da Silva alongside Jérôme Boateng as free agents. That's it. 6 million spent pretty much on pace with the others. Departures. Here we go again. Joachim Andersen to Palace. Maxwell Cornet to Burnley. Jean-Lucas to Monaco. Melvin Bard to Nice. And last but certainly not least. Memphis Depay to Barcelona. For free. Plus 40 million in turnover this summer. Good job boys. Making profit. And on to the next one. Marseille. Finally. Thank God some movement. They were at least busy and probably... As PSG's biggest rival, they wanted to stick something up their hoop this year because of their moves. At this point you might ask, well, what did they do then? Well, let me tell you. The big acquisition was Brazilian midfielder Gerson from Flamengo for 25 million. After that, young Argentinian centre-back Leonardo Ballerdi arrived from Dortmund for 11 million. Acadius Milik was acquired from Napoli, for nine million. Paul Lirola was obtained after his loan spell for six point five million. Brazilian centre-back Luan Perez arrived from Santos for four point five million. And finally, the loan deals: Paul Lopez and Zengis Under from Roma, William Saliba and Matteo Guendouzi from Arsenal. And to wrap it up, Aminé Harit from Schalke. I mean. That is so far pretty impressive. Do they challenge PSG? Probably not, but are they at least somewhat competitive? I mean, they should be, but it remains to be seen though. But as you would expect, there were some departures as well. Maxi Lopez to Sassuolo for 2 million, Hiroki Sakai to Japan for 1.5 million, Florian Van to Tigres, and Valerie Germain to Montpellier for free. But that is something else when you compare it to the other French sides so far, and the minus 55.7 million on the balance sheet. It ain't nothing, at least you guys did something. But that's a good point to move to the next top team, and that is Stade René. And there's another one, 79.5 million spent, I'm impressed. Let's look at the deals, acquisitions: young French centre back Loïc Pared from Lens for 17 million, Gaetan Laborde from Montpellier for 15 million, promising winger Kamalden Suleimana from Noche for another 15 million, Baptiste Santa Maria from Freiburg for 14 million, Lovroma Maher from Dinamo Zagreb for 12 million, and then few other scrubs that I've never heard of, so let's move to see who they lost. Not much, I would say, but let's break down the most notable ones. The big one is pretty obvious, which happened right at the deadline. 18-year-old top prospect Eduardo Camavinga was acquired by Real Madrid, even though he was previously linked with Manchester United. Los Blancos paid 31 million for the French youngster, and if all goes well, he should be the next big star out of France besides Kylian Mbappé. Really good acquisition by Madrid, but other than Camavinga, the only notable departures were Faitou Moussa to Club Bruges, promising Brandon Soppi to Udinese, and finally veteran Damien da Silva to Lyon as a free agent. Clement Grenier was also left unsigned, but other than that, pretty successful transfer window, for them in my eyes. Then I'll go through rest of the noteworthy transfers since there weren't many big money deals around rest of the teams. Mamadou Sacco joined Montpellier as a free agent. Calvin Stengs was acquired by Nice from Alkmaar for 15 million euros. And they also snatched Andy Delors from Montpellier with a price tag of 10 million. Jean-Claude Todibo from Barcelona for 8.5 million. Pablo Rosario from PSV for a fee of 6 million euros, Mario Lemina from Southampton for 5.5 5 mil, and finally loaned Justin Kluivert from Roma for the next season. Nice's biggest departures were Will and Cyprien to Parma for 6.7 million, and Stanley Enzocchi and to Brugge for 6.5 million. Bordeaux acquired veteran Franz Sergio from Braga. For 4.5 million. While they lost Yasin Adli to AC Milan, even though he won't be joining them until the next season. Tomabasi moved to Lazio with a fee of 6.8 million. Mulayed moved from Rheim to Villarreal with 12 million fee. Mohamed Simakan was dealt to Leipzig with 15 million fee from Strasbourg. And finally, Nance verified the acquisition of French goalkeeper Alban Lafont. From Fiorentina for 7.5 million. But that's it for the croissants. This became longer than I thought. But once you dive into the rabbit hole, it ain't easy to get out of, hopefully. I didn't bore you to death with this league, since I think it deserved the attention to some extent. But now we are headed to Bundesliga, so let's continue. And oh, before I forget, it shouldn't come as a surprise that PSG will win the league. And Mbappé will win the golden boot. Marseille and Nice take the two remaining spots in the top three. But when Mbappé joins Los Blancos this winter. Expect that trophy to go to Ben Yader. Let's move on. So let's start it off with last year's jumps Bayern München. Four players acquired in total. Which two of them were big acquisitions? First at the beginning of the deadline they acquired Diet Upamecano from Leipzig as I mentioned in the previous episode for 42.5 million. Then close to deadline day they, they bolstered their midfield with the addition of Austrian central midfielder Marcel Sabitzer from once again Leipzig for 15 million euros. He came to strengthen their midfield depth and is versatile enough to play somewhere up front as well if need be. They also acquired young Omar Richards from Reading as a free agent, but he was more of a future investment that could pay dividend in the long run and hopefully be a backup to Alphonso Davies. Only notable departures for them were David Alaba, Javi Martinez and Jerome Boateng. Alaba moved to Real Madrid as a free agent, Boateng signed with the French side Lyon, while Martinez joined Qatar SC as well as a free agent their young talents are coming up their ranks and most of them were even loaned out because to be honest there probably wasn't much playing time on offer for them but those were all the actions that Bayern performed this summer and without questions they should fight for the title once again which shouldn't surprise anyone the strong core is still intact Lewandowski is one of the best goal scorers in the world and they still have likes of Thomas Müller, Joshua Kimmich and Manuel Neuer on their squad. So other than championship would be a disappointment. But then we move to our next team Red Bull Leipzig who had a decently active transfer window and used most of their transfer budget which they got from big sales made this summer. Their biggest sales were Upamecano, Konate and Sabitzer as I mentioned previously but also Hannes Wolf left the team and joined Borussia Mönchengladbach with 9.5 million transfer fee. When it comes to their acquisitions, André Silva was their biggest one with 23 million sheet from Frankfurt, followed by young centre-back Josco Guardiol from Zagreb for 18.8 million, promising senegalese midfielder Elias Moriba from Barcelona for 16 million, and Mohamed Simakan from Strasbourg with a fee of 15 million euros. They also acquired rights to Benjamin Hendricks and Angelinho after their loan spells at the club, and they paid 18 million to City and respectively 15 million for Monaco for these two players. Also, Alexander Zerloth, Huang Hichan, Ademola Lokman, and Justin Kluivert left on loan, so... I have to say that it could be a more difficult season for them this year, even though most of their core is still intact. I just don't see them challenging Bayern or Dortmund by the way they did last year, but I could be very wrong though. For now, top 5 placement is deserved in my eyes, but I don't see them as a title contender at this point. On to the next one, which is surprise surprise Dortmund. They didn't have as active window as Leipzig did, but the moves they made were quite noticeable. The big one was of course the sale of Jadon Sancho to United, but they also lost veteran Thomas Delaney to Sevilla in the process. They have depth in their midfield as their young talents are coming up their ranks, so it was a beneficial move to free up some space on their midfield for the young Bucks, Bellingham, Reina and Renier. The big acquisition for them was Doniel Malen from PSV with a fee of 30 million euros, which probably was a preemptive move for Holland's inevitable move out of the club. They also acquired Swiss goalkeeper Gregor Köbel from Stuttgart, who eventually left the club on loan to Monaco this year. But as I said, looking very promising for Dortmund, and even though they lost one of their key pieces from their squad, they still have Holland on their ranks. For how long? That only time will tell. They've kept their mentality of building strong core with their youth players and it seems as they haven't deviated from that path. Top three finish should be guaranteed after they get most of their starting 11 players in full form once again. Next up is Wolfsburg who spent a lot of money this summer and added decent depth pieces to their lineup in order to fight for league's top spots. Sebastian Borno was acquired from Cologne for 13.5 million. Luca Wallschmidt returned to Germany after his short stint in Benfica with a price tag of 12 million. Promising midfielder Aster Franks arrived from Mechelen for 8 million euros. Lukas Nemecha was acquired from City for another 8 mil. And final notable acquisition was Maximilian Philipp from Dynamo Moscow for 7.5 million. Their biggest departures though were just Felix Klaus who left to Dusseldorf and Jeffrey Bruma who joined Kasim as a free agent. But other than that they only strengthened their squad this transfer window. They've started their season with three wins in their first three matches and they should fight for a Champions League spot with their core. The emergence of their young centre-back Maxence Lacroix has been a bright spot in their organisation and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets acquired by a bigger club next summer at the latest. Moving right along, next is Frankfurt, who didn't see as much action on the roster front as Wolfsburg. Their key signings were young Danish midfielder Jesper Lindström from Brenbu for 7 million euros and forward Rafael Borre from River Plate to replace Andres Silva as their first-string striker option. Only notable departure besides Silva was goalkeeper Freddy Rönnöö, who left to Union Berlin with 1 million transfer fees, so all in all pretty uneventful window for them as well. But the departures of Silva and Loni Lukajovic could end up being more fatal for their success than anticipated. Top 10 finish without a doubt, but the EuroLeague spot could be between a rock and a hard place for them. Leverkusen on the other hand made some moves this summer, but they weren't anything special to be completely honest. The big departure was Leon Bailey without a question. But also they lost centre-back Tim Yedjvaj to Lokomotiv Moscow, Wendell to Porto, Demarai Gray to Everton. Both Bender brothers and Mitchell Weiser was loaned out to Bremen. Their only acquisition was promising centre-back Odilon Kosonu from Club Bruges for 23 million euros. while they also added few dead pieces with much smaller price tags? They should challenge the giants this year and fight for a Champions League spot but if injuries hit the team it could end up being a fight for a top 6 spot instead at the end of the day Union Berlin saw a lot of movement this summer on the roster front as well but not many of them were big time deals so I won't go into any detail on those just remember that a lot happened and they should compete for a top 8 spot this year let's continue Mönchengladbach was pretty silent this summer as well. Only notable deals were the acquisitions of Hannes Wolf and a young left-back Lukanets from Hertha, and they didn't really have any major departures this time around. They've assembled strong core to their club, so there really wasn't a need for huge moves this year. Nevertheless, they should be in the top 8 conversation, even though their start to this season so far has been a bit iffy. But after that, I guess we can change the place again since overall the German transfer market this year was a bit slower than I first thought. Next up, Stuttgart additions, Florian Müller from Mainz 5 million, and prospect Enzo Milo from Monaco 1.75 mil. Departures Nico Gonzalez to Fiorentina for 23.5 million and Gregor Kebel to Dortmund 15 million. Let's move to the next one. Freiburg's only moves pretty much Maximilian Eggestein from Bremen, 5 million and Baptiste Santa Maria from René for 14 million quick and easy. Hoffenheim's only notable arrival was Sebastian Rudi from Schalke, in addition to departure of veteran Isaac Belfodil, who went to Hertha Berlin. Mainz's only notable acquisition was Silvan Widmer from Basel for 2.5 million. But on the hindsight they lost Dani Latsa to Schalke, Philip Muenne to PSV, Robin Koison to Saudi Arabia, and finally Levin Östünali to Union Berlin. We can see a clear deterioration here, so it could be a challenging year for Mainz overall. Augsburg attained Niklas Dörch from Gent for 7 million and sold Marco Richter to Hertha and Kevin Danso left to Lens as well. Also, Rani Khedira left to Union Berlin as a free agent, and Julian Schieber announced his retirement, so few losses overall for them as well. But that leads brilliantly to Hertha Berlin, who certainly made some moves this summer. They acquired Suat from Schalke, Richter from Augsburg, as I mentioned, Miziane Maulida from Nice, Jürgen Ecklenkamp from Ajax, and veterans Kevin prince Poateng and Stefan Jovetic, alongside Isaac Belfodil. They lost their star Mateus Cunha to Atletico for 30 million euros, and John Cordoba to Krasnodar for 20 million this summer. So we'll see how the veterans do in Berlin, since the two players they lost this year were a big part of their striking options, and it could end up being hard to try to replace them after all is said and done. Also veteran Sami Khedira retired so another piece left their midfield. Good luck with that. Rest of the teams didn't have anything special that I haven't mentioned already in this episode so that pretty much wraps up the Bundesliga for now. Predictions. I have to be boring and say that Bayern will take the title and Lewandowski will win the golden boot. Did I surprise you? I guess not. Dortmund and Leverkusen will fill the top three alongside Bayern on top of the Bundesliga. But now we move on, and next we have the Italian Serie A. As you might know, Italy is notorious for the loan deals that teams utilize, and this summer wasn't an exception of that. Of course the big clubs use their wallets to their advantage, but it is very common that lower-ranked teams assemble their squads from loan players around the leagues. with that in mind I think we can move to the actual walkthroughs. First we have last year's champion Inter Milan who saw few of their key players leaving this transfer window. Lukaku left to Chelsea and Hakimi went to PSG which brought them 175 million in income. Their acquisitions though were nowhere close to those sums and they utilized free agents to their advantage this time around. First they acquired promising Belgian centre back Zinio van Huisden from Liège for 16 million. Then Denzel Dumfries joined from PSV for 12.5 million. And finally, veteran Matteo Darmian returned to Inter from Parma for 2.5 million. Joaquin Correa was loaned in from Lazio to bring depth to their offense, while Edin Dzeko joined as a free agent to somewhat replace the hole left by Lukaku. And finally, Hakan Shalhanoglu was signed from the rivals AC Milan as a free agent as well. But when it comes to their departures, they lost a lot this summer. Matteo Politano was acquired by Napoli after his long spell in the club for 19 million. Raja N'Golane joined Royal Antwerp of the Belgian league. Jean Mario joined Benfica, and Ashley Young returned to England, as I previously mentioned. They still have extremely strong squad with likes of Lautaro Martinez, Nicolo Barella, Christian Eriksen, Stefan de Vrij and Milan Skriniar without forgetting their goaltender Samir Handanovic, so they should be fighting for the title next season once again. But you just can't forget that they lost few significant pieces from their squad this summer, and for example Lukaku alone provided them with 24 goals last year, which was the second best in Serie A. But like I said, title contenders without a doubt, but it could be a challenge to repeat last year's accomplishment. And right after that, we move to the other side of San Siro to see what their rival AC Milan did this summer. And here you can already see the loan movement, but first let's get to the actual transfers First, Fikayo Tomori was acquired from Chelsea after his loan spell at the club for 29.2 million. Then they acquired their replacement for Donnarumma from Lille, Mike Maignan, for 13 million euros. Sandro Tonali's transfer was confirmed with 6.9 million fee from Brescia. Forde Baloture was acquired from Monaco to bring depth to their wing-back position, and finally, Oliveira Giru was acquired from Chelsea to replace retired Mario Manchukic up front. But then we check out their list of loan players. Brahim Diaz remained for another season in Milan. Paka Joko was loaned from Chelsea. Young Pietro Pellegrini was loaned from Monaco. And lastly, Alessandro Florenzi arrived from Roma to replace Diogo Dalot on the right back spot. Their biggest departures were Diego Laxalt, who left to Dynamo Moscow, Hakan if you remember, left, but actually not very far. Gianluigi Donnarumma, and as I mentioned, Manchukic, who decided to retire after last season. And even though they as well lost some key pieces this summer, they have a core that should fight for a top 5 spot without a question. But it always seems to be a battle in Italy for the top 3 spots, and this year is no exception of that. Atalanta made some deals as well, and their biggest transfer was Juan Musso, who arrived from Udinese with 20 million price tag. They also added Town Coupe Miners at the deadline from Alkmaar for 12 million, Davide Sapa Costa from Chelsea for 9 million, Matteo Lovato from Verona for 8 million, and loaned in Turkish defender Mehdi Demiral from Juventus for this season. Christian Romero was signed from Juventus after his long spell at the club, but as you probably already know, he will play for the Spurs this season, just like their goalkeeper Pierluigi Collini, and both players will return to Atalanta next summer. Their biggest departures were Musabarro to Bologna, Roger Ibanez to Roma, Andreas Cornelius to Parma, and Leonard Zibora to Genoa. But when it comes to loans, there were like. 30 players that left the club on loan. So if you want to check that list out, feel free to do so because I ain't going down that rabbit hole, believe me. Should compete for a top 5 spot this season with strong core and with the good additions made this summer. When it comes to the old lady, Juventus, their season so far has been nothing but disappointing and losing to last year's Serie B champs only proves that point. Their course will most likely turn around at some point, but for now, it isn't looking too promising for the Italian giants. They were quite silent this summer, and the only acquisitions were Mohamed Ihaddaren and Cayo Jorge. To tell you the truth, Western McKennie's stay was confirmed after last year's long spell from Schalke for 20.5 million, and Manuel Locatelli was loaned from Sassuolo. But he most likely will join the old lady next summer with the buy option on his contract. Callyo Jorge could be one of the next big Brazilian star players, and the hopes are high for this technical center forward in Torino. Of course, their biggest headline was the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo, but other than that, the only other sale they made was Christian Romero to Atalanta, so you can see why I said they had a slow window. Even though they started their season coughing, I would expect them to fight for the title because they have that kind of squad in place. Other than top three finish would be disastrous, so I fully believe that they will bounce back and really challenge the other top clubs in this league. Same thing goes with Napoli, not a lot of movement in or out of the club, as the expectations should be in top three finish with their current squad without questions. Like I said Politano was acquired after his loan spell Andres Zambo Anguisa joined from Fulham on season long loan and the final acquisition was Juan Jesus from Roma as a free agent Departures only three notable ones Akadius Milik to Marseille 9 million Nikola Maximovic to Genoa and Elsaid Hujaï to Lazio both as free agents But I think that's all I need to say about the team, so I guess we just move on. Next up Lazio and the same thing continues. Acquisitions Toma Pesic from Bordeaux, Felipe Anderson from West Ham, Pedro and Husay as free agents. But while they didn't receive many players to their squad, few notable ones left the team this summer. Felipe Saicedo left to Genoa for 2 million, Correa was loaned out to Inter. And veterans Matteo Musaccio, Marco Parolo and Senna Lulic were left unsigned and all of them are currently without a club. They still have very strong core and it always helps when you have one of the league's best strikers up front and they've already started their season very strong so they should challenge for the title this year. At least top 5 finish. Their rival, AS Roma, made few big moves this summer and spent almost 100 million on their acquisitions. The big fish was Tammy Abraham, who arrived from Chelsea for 40 million euros. Another former Prem player who arrived in Roma was goalkeeper Rui Patricio with 11.5 million price tag. And the other four acquisitions were Eldor Shomurodov from Genoa for 17.5 million, Matias Vinha from Palmeiras for 13 million euros. Roger Ibanez from Atalanta for 9 million. And finally, Brian Reynolds from Dallas for 6,75 mil. On the flip side, they didn't lose that many players from their current core. And most of the players they dealt this summer left the club on loan. But to wrap up all their actual departures. Free agents, Pedro to Lazio. Checo to Inter. Bruno Perez to Sport, Juan Jesus to Napoli. And finally, Javier Pastore to Elche. They also sent Florenzi, Paul Lopez and Zengis Under out on loan, but since I've already covered all those players, I just had to make a reminder of them, since they still belong to the club. They should fight for a top six spot this year, but we'll see how big of an impact their new arrivals can make at the club. But then I guess we switch up the pace again since we move to the lesser-known deals of this league and I don't want to bother you for too long with small details. Sassuolo, big arrivals: Hamed Junior Traore from Empoli, 416 million, Young center-back Ruan from Gremio, 5 million. Jeremy Doljan from Dortmund, 3.5 million. And finally Maxi Lopez from Marseille, 2 million. Departures. Marlon to Shakhtar Donetsk for 12 million, Federico Di Francesco to Spall for 4.5 million and with the same price tag Giancomo Magnani also left to Hellas Verona. Of course they lost Locatelli to Juventus and Francesco Caputo left to Sampdoria on loan, so these two absences could hinder their chances of reaching the top 6 this season. Speaking of which, Sampdoria's arrivals: Ernesto Torregrossa from Brescia, six million; Antonino Lagumina from Empoli, five point five million; and Antonio Candreva from Inter, two point five million. Departures: Jakub Jankto to Getafe and Florenzo Tonelli to Empoli. But that's pretty much it. Verona: Ivan Ilic in from Man City, seven point five. Antonin Barak from Udinese 6 mil, Giancomo Maniani from Sassuolo 4 million and Federico Ceccherini from Fiorentina 3 million. Giovanni Simeone was also loaned in from Cagliari to bring depth up front. Only departures Lovato pretty much so let's not waste any more time. Genoa made a tonne of moves, highlights Zibora from Atalanta, Sirihua and Maximovic as free agents. Departures. Not any that would get your heart pumping, though. Bologna's biggest acquisitions were Baro from Atalanta and Marco Aranautovic from China, plus Sumauro from Lille. And the only notable departures were Tomiassu to Grotone, Palacio to Brescia, and Andrea Poli to Antaliaspor. Udinese only made the headlines with their sales which brought them about 50-ish million this summer. Rodrigo De Paul to Atletico for 35 million and Juan Musso to Atalanta with 20 million fee. Fiorentina made few moves this summer but the movement out of the club was equally as impressive. Nico Gonzalez arrived from Stuttgart for 23.5 million. Matija Nastasic arrived from Salke for 500k and Lucas Toreira alongside Alvaro Diazola were loaned in from Arsenal and Real Madrid, but the departures. Now get ready: Lafont, Nantes; Lirola, Marseille; Pesela, Betis; Cecherini, Verona; Hanko, Sparta Prague; Eserik, Casimpasa; Maxi Oliveira, Juarez; Borja Valero, some beer league; Kevin Dix, Copenhagen. And finally Martin Caceres and Frank Ribery unsigned. That's a pretty big turnover if you ask me. And it will be interesting to see what they will achieve this year. Which shots a huge change in their squad. Specio was also extremely active this summer. But since there were like 149 new players that arrived. And 93 that left the club. Ain't nobody got time for that. On to the next one. Cagliari. Arrivals Rasvan Marin from Ajax 10 million, Keita Balde and Caseres as free agents, while Dalbert Kevin Strootman arrived on loan for this year. Bradarich was the only notable departure, so we jumped straight to Torino without any hesitation. Not any big acquisitions besides few loan deals and big departures. Lyonco to Southampton, Solia mate to Benfica, Sirihu to Genoa. And Jakovalke alongside Nicolas Ngulu were left unsigned. So there's that. I won't go into promoted sites since most of the players were most likely bribed to play there or had some kind of criminal record. So it probably isn't even wise to dig any deeper here. Again took a bit longer than I thought, but I can't help my condition. There might be some psycho out there listening that remembers all the deals and knows all the players. So if you are listening, I do this for you, bro. I appreciate you. But no for real though, I'ma say Napoli wins it. Inter second and Juventus third, even though I would love to say that Lazio comes third. Immobile wins the Capocannoniere and Lautaro Martinez is my other runner-up. But with that settled, on to the last league. Spanish La Liga. So let's get to it. And as usual, we will start it off with last year's champs, Atletico Madrid. They made few big moves this summer and are looking forward to repeating their last year's accomplishment. Their big acquisitions were Rodrigo De Paul from Udinese for 35 million, Mateus Cunha from Hertha for 30 million. Portuguese wonderkid Marcos Paulo from Fluminense as a free agent and finally the man who made his name known in this specific club Mr Antoine Griezmann came back to Madrid with one year loan move from Barcelona with 10 million fee It was delightful to see the reaction from their fans once they announced this acquisition and hopefully he can carry them to another success this year They also loaned in Monaco, starring goalkeeper Benjamin Lacombe as their backup and didn't pretty much lose any other core players this summer, if you don't count Saul's loan move to Chelsea. Good moves by them and it would be crazy if they didn't challenge the powerhouses Barcelona and Real Madrid this year in La Liga. Barcelona made some moves as well and even though Messi left the club this summer they got some good pieces to somewhat replace him after all. They acquired Austrian prospect Yusuf Demir from Rapid Vienna, loaned in Luke de Jong as their backup striker, and as previously mentioned, got Eric Garcia back to their squad alongside Argentinian striker Sergio Aguero and former Lyon star Memphis Depay. Players that left the club this summer were Emerson Royal, Junior Firpo, Jangler Todibo, Carles Alenya, Juan Miranda and of course Leo Messi himself. Also, Miralem Pjanić left the club on loan to Pesiktas and Francisco Trincão was loaned out to Wolves for this season. Messi's departure absolutely hurts the team, no questions about it, but it would be a miracle if they could not fight for the title this year. Even though they don't have their star on the team anymore. Their core pretty much stayed the same, and young stars Pedri, Ansu Fati and Serginio Dest will take their places on the team's roster. So don't worry, Barca fans, it will be fine. Hopefully. Los Blancos. Pretty calm summer for these guys, but there seems to be something looming underneath all this. And you know exactly what I mean. Their only acquisitions were David Alaba, and young Eduard Gamavinga. They gained almost 80 million from their sales of Rafael Varan and Martin Erdegaard. But also included that the fact that their captain Sergio Ramos walked for free. Team overall took a big hit this year when both of their main center backs left the club. They got replacements in place, but unfortunately those are just nowhere near the elite level. Varán and Ramos represented. Gareth Bale has been very good early on and the youngsters should start to take bigger roles in the club as well. I believe they will fight for the title this year but the way La Liga has evened out the last couple of years, it could be a challenge to hoist the cup at the end of the season. Next up Sevilla and they were quite active to be honest. They acquired Rafa Mir from Wolves 416 million, Right back Gonzalo Montiel from River Plate for 11 million. Thomas Delaney from Dortmund for 6 million. Ludwig Augustinsson from Bremen for 45.5 million. And finally, Marko Dimitrovic and Eric Lamela arrived to the club as free agents. Notable departures: Bryan Hill to Spurs, Sergi Gomez to Espanyol, Franco Vazquez to Parma, their goalkeeper Thomas Watchley to Olympiacos and lastly Sergio Escudero to Granada as a free agent. So overall lots of movement on both sides. They have a good group of players and a top 5 finish should be ahead of them if all goes to plan. Real Sociedad on the other hand had fairly uneventful summer since only 3 players arrived to the club and only one player left the team as a free agent. Alexander Sertlot arrived to bring depth to their striker spot, Diego Rico was acquired to bring options to the left back spot, and Matthew Ryan came to replace their only living player, Miguel Moya, in their net. Kevin Rodriguez and William Jose left on loan for this season, so both Rico and Serlot were good additions to replace these two players on their roster. They could challenge for a top 5 spot, but with their defense, I see them more as a top 8 team rather than on top of the table side at the moment. And then we arrive to last year's Europa League champions, the yellow submarine Villarreal. They added depth to their squad this summer, which should enable them to fight for a top 5 spot this ongoing season. The big addition was Arnaud Danjuma, who arrived from Bournemouth for 23.5 million, and the other acquisitions were last year's Loney, Juan Foyt, who was secured from Spurs with 15 million transfer fee. Then Bolaedia was acquired from Reim for 12 million euros, and finally Aiz Zamandi arrived from Real Betis as a free agent. They also bought Manu Morlanes from Almeria for 4 million euros, but he will play in Espanol this season on loan. Only notable departures were Ramiro Funes Mori, who left to Al Nazar of the Saudi League, and Carlos Pacca who joined Granada as a free agent. So they put their Europa League Euros to use and advanced their chances of succeeding this year in both La Liga and upcoming Champions League as well. Real Betis had a soft transfer window, and to quickly conclude all of their moves, German Pesella arrived from Fiorentina for 3.5 mil. Ruiz Silva joined as a free agent and William Jose alongside Hector Bellerin were loaned in for this season. Emerson Royal left to Barca but he was quickly dealt to elsewhere and Mundi joined Villarreal so those are all the moves you need to know. Top 10 finish should be Chern. Bilbao did nothing so the next team in line is Granada who were quite active this summer. Luis Maximiano was acquired as their new goalkeeper from Sporting for 4.5 million. Sergio Escudero, Luis Abraham, Carlos Paka, and Ruben Roschina arrived as free agents. And notable departures were Folker, who went to Valencia; Soldado left to Levante; Fedeviak switched to Leganes, and Ruiz Silva left to Real Betis. As I said previously. So pretty much same placement can be expected next season as well. Celta Vigo's summer wasn't as eventful. Javi Galan and Franco Cervi as their only major transfers. As they also got Jason Murillo to strengthen their back end for the next season on loan. They didn't really have any major departures so I guess we can swiftly move on. Gatic did what they could. Similarly nothing. Espanyol made few minor moves. Lander Dimata arrived from Anderlecht for 2.2 million. Vadillo came from Celta Vigo for 1.8 million. Sergi Gomez was acquired from Sevilla and veteran Alex Vidal joined as a free agent. No major departures this time around. Osasuna, NTR, you know if you know. Then Levante arrivals. Enrique Franquesa from Villarreal, Roberto Soldado from Granada, and Chokran Mustafi from Schalke. Departures: Sergio Leon to Valladolid, Sheikh Ducure to Leganes, Roschina to Granada, Antonio Garcia to Eibar. And then we arrived to Valencia. And to be honest, I expected more from them this summer than they were able to provide. Only acquisitions were Marcos Andre from Valladolid and Folkier from Granada, plus loan moves for Omar Alderete and Helder Costa. While the perchers were Kanginli to Mallorca, Kevin Gamero to Strasbourg, Rubén Sobrino to Cadiz, and center back Eliakim Mangala was left unsigned. Very disappointing to say the least. I mean, they have good core, but I was just expecting some moves to make them even bigger threat to juggernauts of this league. But unfortunately, we didn't see those this summer. Should find a spot in the top eight, and I would expect a top six finish. To be honest, but we'll see how it goes. Getafe though was way more active. Main acquisitions included Jakub Jankto from Sampdoria, Carlos Alena from Barca. Jonathan Silva from Leganes, Stefan Mitrovic from Strasbourg, and loan Moves for Sandro Ramirez, Florentino, Jose Masias and Veteran Vitolo from Atletico. On the flip side, a few other core players jumped the ship as well. Since besides Cucurella and Amat Indaye, who were transferred elsewhere, Francisco Portillo, Angel and Xabi Xeita joined other La Liga clubs this summer. Hopefully that doesn't affect them too much since it hasn't looked too bright for them in their first three games. Alaves made few minor moves, but Elche seems to be poised to keep their spot on the Spanish top flight after this season, by the way they've operated during the transfer window. They added solid veterans to their squad and didn't lose any major names during this window. Acquisitions include... Ivan Marcano from Boca Juniors, Lucas Boye from Torino, Johan Mojica from Girona, Lucas Perez from Alaves, Omar Mascarel from Schalke, Javier Pastore as a free agent, and to top it off, Dario Benedetto and Kiko Casilla on loan for the next season. They could be a surprise name in the top 10 this season, but we'll see if they have it in them. The last team I will touch upon on this episode is Mallorca since they made some moves as well to keep their spot in the Spanish first tier. Ahmad India arrived from Getafe, Dominic Grief was acquired from Slovan Bratislava, Kangin Lee, Angel and Jaume Costa arrived as a free agents, and Pablo Mafeo, Rodrigo Pataglia, and Japanese phenom Takefusa Kubo arrived on season long loans. The only notable departure for them was Ante Budimir, so they could stand a chance to avoid relegation this year. But as we all know, it is easier said than done, especially as a promoted side. Last predictions of this episode Real takes the crown with Mbappe, Barça second and Atletico third, Depay with the golden boot. But that's all for the top leagues of European football. I want to quickly point out the few moves that other big teams from around the world made before we wrap up this episode. Shakhtar Donetsk acquired young Brazilian winger Pedrinho from Benfica with 80 million price tag, and 20-year-old Lassina Traore from Ajax for 10 million. Al Hilal paid 80 million to West Brom for Mateus Pereira. Roman Yaremchuk was acquired by Benfica with 70 million euros. FC Porto acquired Brazilian winger Pepe from Grêmio for 50 million. Ajax paid 12 million for Danish prospect Mohamed Darami, and finally Al-Nassr of the Saudi League acquired Anderson Talisca from Gunjao FC of the Super League. But I think that is enough for this episode. My mouth is starting to run dry, so I guess that's a good sign to wrap up this episode. Damn, I didn't think it was going to take this long, but if you know me, the more the merrier. Hopefully this was enough football coverage for now, since the leagues are starting to roll and we will certainly look at how the teams are doing during this season. I can promise you that. Next week, I will address the contract situation in the NHL, like I said, since we've seen many new contract extensions, which I haven't even addressed yet. And just a few days ago, we even saw a controversial situation between two teams. So come back next week to hear my opinion on that as well. Hope you enjoyed. This episode came later than I would have wanted, but now it is live for you to enjoy. So big thanks once again for listening. You are a total beauty. Hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, stay tuned, stay safe. Until next time. All right.